exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku, and I will be your host for the next hour as usual. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm kind of upset the weekend's over, but... Yeah, it's already over again. Another week and getting closer to summer. Yep. That's how I'm looking at it. Do you have a good weekend? Yeah. Um, it was just really fast. That's uh-huh. all. I, it, other than that, I mean, I worked Saturday night, but I made a lot of money, so I'm okay with that. That's so. good. You went to the, the boys' finals, right? The MHS? I did. I did. I went to those um, Friday night. Um, I went and so I saw Sexton beat... Detroit um, Country Day. Nice. And I saw the, um, oh gosh, the other Class B final game. I can't remember who it was. Dwajiak and another team. But yeah, I mean. So it was fun? Yeah, it was insane. I was down on the floor, like with the press and everything like that. I had a pass and stuff, so I was really special, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was crazy. Like, it's so much different. Like, when I go on the Breslin as a fan, it's so easy to get to where you need to go. The press have, like, stairs and tunnels. It's like a maze to get, like, to where you need to go. Uh-huh. But it was really cool because I got to watch it, you know, from, like, um, the north side, the north baseline. And it was, like, where all, like, the press was and everything like that. And I just got to sit there and watch the games. So it was, it was pretty cool. No, that is real cool. It was a cool experience. Definitely. Well, I don't think anyone listening really has a decent bracket anymore. Uh, you might if you're one of the, the you know one percent of the nation that somehow has this final four correct, but uh, we are definitely going to get to the NCAA and the final four, the teams playing in it, who you think's moving on, and if you like the teams in the final four, you know would you rather prefer some of the big dogs, you know the Kansases, the Dukes, and not just for your bracket, but just for entertainment's sake, you know do you like the Cinderella kind of teams, your Butlers, you know your VCU's. What do you like? We're going to get into that. We're also going to touch on uh, a couple stories out of Michigan State involving the basketball and football team. Uh, we'll also be talking Tigers. Tigers are starting off here on Thursday. Uh, we'll definitely getting some Detroit Tigers. Little Red Wings, little Barry Bonds for all you Giants fans out there. And, uh, and then a goofy little story at the end of the hour involving Ozzie Canseco, which I think is pretty hilarious. But uh, we are definitely going to start the show off with the NCAA tournament. Uh, we are down to four, as I said. Four left. My bracket is in the garbage. Lost my pool. Not a chance at winning any money. Um, Like I said, I can't believe for a second that almost anyone had these teams in the Final Four. Um, I know you said what you saw, uh, like two people out of like five million or something. 5.9 million um, that submitted their brackets on ESPN. Um, Two of them have the right Final Four. And one of them is like still ranked like 2,000-something in the... I don't even know how, but I guess like the rest of his bracket was busted, and he had the right final four though. Wow, it was crazy. I didn't, like I was looking at this guy's bracket. He had like maybe five or six teams wrong, and that was it. 
Well, like he did pretty good. No, I mean that's incredible. And again, I mean I just don't know how anyone could really legit. I mean I think a lot of people when they do a lot of different brackets, you know, people have their upset bracket, people have their chalk bracket, mm-hmm. people have their in between bracket. And I think this one obviously had to be your upset bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not. Have, I had one bracket, so I had to do it as legitimate as possible. And uh, had VCU going out in the first round, so boo to me. Uh, <laughs> screwed that one up. Yeah, really blew that one. At least I could have picked them over Georgetown, but uh, really screwed that one up bad but uh yes the four teams in the final four are kentucky connecticut butler and virginia commonwealth yes i said virginia commonwealth is in the final four and uh we're gonna have two good games here on saturday kentucky is going to play uh connecticut so kentucky is the number four seed facing number three in connecticut and then you will have the story of you know, God, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, 11 seed against Butler as the 8 seed. I will not say Butler's uh, a Cinderella team. This is a team that made it to the championship game last year. Um, you know, it's a team that's had deep runs now in two consecutive uh, NCAA tournaments. So, I mean, they're a legitimate team. You know, yes, they're an 8 seed. They didn't have the best regular season, but they know how to win games close. And they've, you know, they made it far. Matt Howard, Shelvin Mack. Fantastic players. Uh, I think that's going to be a heck of a ball game. But like I said, you got these games will be on Saturday night. These teams are heading out to Houston, going to be playing at Reliance Stadium out there. And uh, real fast, Megan, just your thoughts on how this, you know, the Final Four has shaped out finally, and uh, you know what you're looking forward to, who you think's going to make it to the championship game. Of course, I'm not very happy about this Final Four, um, <laughs> just because of my bracket. But I, I do have one. The good, the good thing I, I did have UConn. You got me beat. I, have I know. I had one, which is probably better than a lot of people. <laughs> um, I I think it's awesome. As I've said multiple times on the show, I am one to go for underdogs. Yep. I love underdog teams. I love that VCU's in it, and they've gone they've gone this far. You know, if they could go all the way, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I, I don't really see it happening, but um, who knows at this point? They beat Kansas, right? I, I don't know. even know what to think anymore. Who knows what's gonna happen? This is such an up in the air like NCAA year. That I have absolutely no idea who I could pick to win this right now. Um, other than that, I mean, it's crazy. An 11 seed against an 8 and then a 3 against a 4. Yep. Like, they are going to be two really good games. And if VCU can beat Kansas, I mean, they could make it all the way. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. They could. I mean, they put a butt whooping on uh, Purdue <laughs> by, you know, they beat them by like almost, you know, plus 20 points. Again, yeah, they beat the number one team. And they didn't just steal a game from Kansas. It wasn't some buzzer beater shot. This is a game where VCU led most of the game. And even when Kansas clawed back to get it within two, get it within four points, VCU turned on the Jets again and broke it up into a nine point game. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm most impressed with, obviously, with VCU. Uh, this is a team that has played already more games than any of these other teams. They were in the first four. They had to play USC just to get into the tournament. Like I said, they beat Georgetown. They beat Purdue. You've seen them beat Kansas. Um, they've played incredible basketball. And like you said, a 3-4, 8-11 seed, this is the first time a number one or number two are not in the final four. Not just not one, not number one, two, not one seed or a two seed has never not made it to the final four. Incredible. Um, this is also the first time not a single number one seed only um, has made it since it's been since 1979 that a number one seed did not make it to the final four. So, I mean, we are seeing uh, a bit of history here. Uh, but looking at this bracket, um, I'm going to have to take VCU over Butler. I think I might as well ride the wave. <laughs> Uh, the VCU wave. I mean, Shaka Smart, who's the head coach at VCU. First off, he's got an awesome name, uh, Shaka Smart. 
That's it. That's what I, he cares about. I love this guy's name. <laughs> and uh, no, but I, I just think uh, you know Butler. They have all, they've also played real good basketball, uh, but at the same time. Uh, they've had some really close games. I've just been more impressed tournament-wise with VCU. I think they've played actually better opponents, and they beat them more handedly. Like I said, I think they had they had Kansas the whole game. Uh, you know, they basically just took care of them the, the whole way. Um, I'm liking VCU out there, and between Kentucky and Utah, UConn, Utah, uh, I think uh, UConn definitely is going to be uh, beating uh, Kentucky there. UConn. Uh, a team that actually I really didn't have going as far as I should have, only because you know they played five games and five nights in that Big East tournament. I really felt that that would kind of you know that would drain them, you know, not just you know physically, but even a little emotionally. You're on an emotional high, and sometimes you know that can even get you to playing maybe get you out of your element, not playing the same basketball that you know you should be playing. This team has completely exceeded my expectations in making the run they have run. Uh, they've played fantastic basketball. Kemba Walker's a beast out there. Uh, in my opinion, best player left in the tournament. This kid's fantastic. Um, Kentucky, I mean, uh, UConn and VCU for the championship game. Personally, I would enjoy. And like I said earlier in the show, this is something for our listeners. And I want you to call in about this if you got something to say. Do you like how the Final Four is shaped out? Would you rather have some of the bigger name teams in it? I don't care if it's the number one team. I'm talking about the bigger name teams, teams that more people know, more people that have more, you know, more alum there. And do you think having this kind of Final Four is going to lead to lower ratings? Give me a call five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Also, give me a call. Let me know and don't lie to me. Did you have this Final Four? I'm doubting anyone in East Lansing or listening in this area had this Final Four. But if you could be honest with me, I might believe you. Okay, I might believe you, but um, real fast, you didn't pick anything yet. Nope. What's your championship game? You don't have to pick a winner. We'll do that on Monday. Okay, but uh, who do you got? My championship. game. Yes, who do you got coming out? Um, thank goodness, I I, you have know. to pick. I'm gonna. I'm I know you're you like pick. forcing me here. Well, I have? I'm gonna have to go with UConn. Okay, because they're my only Final Four team, and they went for Kentucky to to beat on. Uh, North Carolina. That was quite a game. That was a nice win. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to go with UConn. And I'm going to have to go with Butler. I don't know if VCU can pull it off. No, Butler's um, a fine pick as well. I mean, yeah. it's it's tough either way with that. Right. I mean, both teams, obviously, both low-seeded low, low wow, low teams. So, I mean, it could go. It's As, as we said, this was going to be a really good game. And to answer your question that you were asking everyone, um, I... I feel like this could go either way yeah. um, with ratings because, you know, bigger bigger schools, bigger teams will have a bigger fan base. Yep. But at the same time, if you have, like, the, the Cinderella team like VCU in it, like, people are going to be like, oh, can they go all the way? Can they do Especially it? Especially if they make it to the championship right, game. Right, exactly. And so um, I, I think it could go either way. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really exciting, you know, final four um final couple games and championship game. And I, I'll probably watch just because I want to see how this ends up with how this has ended up so far. Without a doubt. I think we're in for a heck of a finish here. Uh, you know, the VCU Rams, they're the only third number 11 seed to make it to the Final Four. I think we can all remember that other 11 seed, George Mason, 2006, uh, beating uh, Michigan State, not to get to the Final Four, but to beat him in the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. back in 2006. And also the LSU Tigers back in 1986. So it has been a long time since we've seen an 11 seed make the type of run. And this run is even, like I said, a little more magical in the sense they had to play an extra game if they made 
make it, if they win this championship, they'll be the first team ever to win seven games to win the whole thing. So, I mean, that is, you know, very impressive. Uh, I, again, I never seen, I never imagined a team like VCU making a run like this. I wasn't shocked they beat Georgetown. I wasn't shocked they won the next game. But to, to make a run like this and just put the hurt on Kansas and Purdue the way they did was, it's so demonstrative. I just have to give them a lot of credit. Again, Butler, Brad Stevens, Heck of a coach. This guy, what he's done with this team in the last two years, again, this team has never gotten much credit. Always, you know, thinking that they're not going to get as far as they should. And time and time again, this team finds ways to win. Matt Howard, again, Shelvin Mack, these kids play fantastic basketball. Matt Howard is clutch. So is Shelvin Mack. A lot of big free throws hit in that game uh, against uh, Florida this weekend for Shelvin Mack to clinch that game that went to overtime. Um, just a great performance. Um, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. This is, uh, you know, to answer my own question, I do think that the ratings will be fine for this. Again, I think people get behind a team like VCU, even a team like Butler, because I think not all of us, but I think a lot of us get tired of Duke. We get tired of North Carolina. You get tired of Kansas. You get tired of the same names. Just like I get tired of the same names in college football all the time. When Texas always good. USC. It gets old. It gets boring. It's nice to see some new blood finally in the tournament. Sure, obviously not our Spartans in my bracket. It's looking. I should have had Scarlett to fill this thing out. <laughs> she could have just little check marks next to him. Probably would have done a lot better than me. But um, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a heck of a tournament. Um, overall, I know Connecticut has not made it to the championship game yet, but as of right now, Connecticut is my favorite to win the entire thing. Uh, just the way they're playing, Jim Calhoun is probably the best coach in left with these final with these coaches. Um, nothing against Shaka Smart, nothing against Brad Stevens or you know John Calipari, but Jim Calhoun is very he has a very storied history at UConn, and uh, you know we'll see if they get it done. Uh, real fast for all you uh, gamblers out there, uh, Vegas has uh, Kentucky as the favorite. They are eight to five favorites right now out there in Vegas. The underdog, well, the bottom dog, VCU. They're seven to one. But uh, guess what the odds were when the season started that VCU would make it to the Final Four? Probably very, 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 very low. Twenty five hundred to one. <laughs> Were the odds that VCU would get to where they are at right now? So you've really made a jump there, VCU, in your odds percentage, which is absolutely incredible. And um, I don't, th- I don't know why Kentucky is personally the favorite in this. Um, I, I, I Kentucky is definitely a second best team, I think, in this group. But I don't see how Connecticut's not the favorite in this group. Uh, again, Connecticut has played fantastic basketball. So. Uh, Final four, everyone, you definitely can call in all show. This topic's going on all show. Don't worry. Just because we move on doesn't mean that you can't call in about the topic because, you know, final four, you know, this March Madness, it's only for three weeks once a year. So definitely call in because we're not going to be talking about it for a long time. Okay, but let's move on real fast. This is a quick uh, just little blurb. Uh, blurb. Uh, actually, the Associated Press today came out with their All-America team, and it actually includes uh, a lot of seniors, which is the first time in five years that seniors have dominated uh, the All-America team. And it's uh, Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette of BYU, Nolan Smith of Duke, Jawan Johnson, uh, those were all seniors. Juwan Johnson, obviously, from Purdue. Kemba Walker, who was a junior out of Connecticut, and freshman Jared Sullinger of Ohio State made the team. This is the first time since 2006 that actually uh, f- this many four seniors made the All-America team. So, you know, 
Because it's usually, you know, it's college. A lot of freshmen, you know, sparks come out there. And, you know, like a guy like Sullinger, a lot of these guys are hot. It's nice to see the older classmen actually getting it done this year. And these guys, they all deserve to be on this team. They've played, I mean, they've all played fantastic basketball all year. So all the props in the world to them. All right, let's move on to Garrick Sherman. All right, uh, Garrick Sherman, actually, he is leaving uh, the Michigan State basketball program. It was announced today that Sherman will not be attending the school next year. He will be going to another university, I guess, whichever one will take him. No, I'm sorry. I'm kidding, Sherman. Uh, no, but Sherman, he uh, he averaged 3.1 points in, in about 12 minutes a game this season. Um, he started 17 of 34 games this season. But uh, basically, from what I read, he's just he knows he's not going to get a lot of playing time next year with Draymond, Delvon Rowe, Knicks. You know, we got Adrian Payne's going to be playing more minutes, obviously. And then you got uh, Alex Guana and Brandon Dawson as the freshman coming in. So Sherman just figures, I'm not going to get much time here. Probably go to a lower-tier school and maybe get some more playing time. Um, you know, he was with us for two seasons. Um, here's a little quote from Garrick Sherman. He says, quote, I've enjoyed my two years at Michigan State. I love my teammates and coaches and appreciate the way they've helped me develop as a player. And, uh, you know, Izzo says he sat down with his family and Sherman. And, uh, you know, just basically uh, trying to guide him on his path. Uh, hold nothing against Sherman. You know, you got to do what's best for yourself. And I understand that. If you're not going to get a lot of playing time at all, and I, he's really not going to get much playing time at all, I can really understand him leaving. Uh, here's a little quote from Tom Izzo on the situation. He says, quote, We appreciate his contributions over the last two seasons and wish him the best in his basketball future. I continue to look forward to his, this offseason as we develop with players committed to Spartan basketball. End quote. So any thoughts on a uh, big Shermanator leaving? Um, you, you don't have to be mean. I'm not, <laughs> not going to be mean. Um, <laughs> leave that to me. Huh? I said leave being mean to me. Oh, okay, I'll leave, I'll leave that to Dave. Um, I'm not going to be mean. I mean, he's had his times he, where he shine. Yeah. He's been good. Um, the, the article I read said he was just ready for a fresh start. Um, yep. But I've, I've, I've heard very mean things said about him during games. Um, I won't repeat them, but we I can't say these things on the impact. No. Um, but I, if he feels like, I mean, it's kind of like a Nick story all over again. Um, Nick's ended up staying obviously. Yep. And if he feels like he wants, like if he needs more playtime or he won't get enough playtime, which I can understand with the people that were just the players that were just listed yeah, off. I mean, it's just gonna be forward heavy. Right. And, um, I, and yeah, he needs to do what he needs to do, and he's not a horrible player. No, he's, he's not. He's not. He he's done what he needs to do when he needs to do it normally, and I best of luck to him. That's oh, definitely. What, that's what I can say. And that's the thing too. I mean, I've been hard on him this season at times. Friends of mine, I think he's an easy little goofy scapegoat. You know, mm-hmm. when he gets put into the game, and you know, to maybe to mock him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, the guy's only been here for two years, and you know, how much can you expect of a guy who only averages twelve minutes in a season, right. who doesn't, who's only played half the season? I think it's you know, you expect too much out of a kid. Who I mean, you know, imagine it's like you go into class maybe more less than half the time. How great of a grade point are you going to have? Mm-hmm. It's just if you don't get the opportunity to get out there and play and practice, how much you can expect in real game time. Right. So I understand he's got to go. Uh, you know, he wants to do that and obviously make that decision now rather than next year. Right. Uh, you know, be, you know, get in there to another school while you're a junior. Uh, definitely. 
But another news on another Michigan State Spartan. And actually, we're jumping over to football right now. And Dion Sims, he has been reinstated. Uh, the sophomore tight end, he's been reinstated for spring practice. So he will be back. Um, for all you forget, because this was back in September, uh, Dion Sims was suspended uh, for his role in a crime ring that stole and sold more than 158,000 in laptop computers from Detroit public school buildings. Um, obviously, not a nice thing to do. But um, he has been reinstated to the team. Uh, he pleaded guilty back in October to one felony count of receiving and concealing stolen property. Uh, in December, he was sentenced to one year of probation under the Holmes Youthful Trainee Act. So the terms of this kid's probation are 15 hours of community service with the Detroit public school system. He needs to remain in school here at Michigan State and pay restitution of $350 as well as court costs. I don't think that comes close to the grand in computers he stole, but... It is what it is. This kid obviously probably did not have much of a record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, obviously, I thought his sentence might be a little more harsh, uh, at least with the courts, what I'm saying. But, you know, he's going to be back. Uh, you know, good for him. Uh, I think we need as many tight ends as we can get. Uh, Brian Linthicum and uh, Max Bullo, uh, they're at the bottom of the depth chart, uh, and they will not be practicing in the first two spring practices this season. Uh, D'Antonio um, has, uh, he says, quote, they will not practice the first two days of spring practice here. We have taken internal action as well, unquote. Uh, obviously, we don't know what that internal action is. Obviously, they've been disciplined in some way, uh, hopefully in the right way. We don't need Linthicum getting tased anymore and running from cops. <laughs> And Max Below, you're only 19. It's all right. Just grow up. Uh, but uh, some of the guys that will not be playing at spring practice right now, at least for the first couple of days, will be Henry Conway, Joel Foreman, Connor Cruz, and A.J. Troop. Uh, they will miss uh, the drills because of injuries. And linebacker Steve Gardner, Chris Norman, Kevin Pickleman, and Brad Sonatag, they will be limited during spring practice. And uh, spring practice starts on Friday. It's crazy to think that that spring game is really only, what, three weeks away? Two weeks away? The school season. Or the school season. The, the school the year. The school season. <laughs> you and I are having difficulties talking, aren't we? Always. It, it's it's going by really fast. The school year is. And before you know it, it's going to be September again, and we're going to be starting our football season again. I know. It's going to be before you know it. And uh, real fast on Deion Sims. Uh, Deion Sims is listed uh, second on the depth chart uh, for tight ends. Uh, Garrick Selleck, um, he is actually he's listed first on the depth chart uh, for our tight end. So, you know, hopefully Deion Sims, he's had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to get his act together. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything uh, goes well for the kid. You know, I, like I've said before, with a lot of other guys, we all make mistakes. Uh, you just need to be man enough to, uh, you know, Take, the, take responsibility for him, take the consequences, and hopefully just not make those same mistakes again. Uh, we don't need more guys getting dismissed from our teams, whether it's basketball, whether it's football. doesn't matter what it is. We need to set a precedence that you know we're more of an upstanding. We expect more of our players here. Okay, so, you know, I mean, if D'Antonio thinks that this guy's ready to go, he's ready to go. Obviously, uh, didn't make the right move with Glenn Winston, uh, but Glenn Winston, I think, is a different guy than Deion Sims. So I don't think we can put them in the same category there. But uh, what should we get to real fast? I don't know. See, I want to talk Tigers, but we'll take a break here soon. I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Megan? What do I want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Um, let's talk about, do you want to talk about Barry Bonds? Yeah, let's talk about Barry Bonds okay. for a second. Okay, let's do that. Barry sounds good. All right. Barry Bonds' mistress. Oh, this woman. 
I don't know. I see. I'm 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 biased. I like Barry Bonds too much. That's my problem. Mm. You don't like Barry. I don't have a problem with Barry. You don't have a problem with Barry. No, I don't. I don't agree that he took steroids, and I don't. Agree, I don't think he took them unknowingly. Mm-hmm. But. I don't have a problem with Barry Bonds. I got you. Well, you know what? Actually, uh, I think we are going to take a quick break uh, just because I want to talk about this more for a couple minutes, and I don't want to get interrupted here. But uh, we are going to take a quick break here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we are going to touch on Barry Bonds and the trial that is still ongoing in his perjury case right now. Uh, We're going to get to the Tigers. Opening day is Thursday for Detroit, so we'll definitely be talking about that. Red Wings season just about over, and Franzen is back tonight against the Blackhawks. So we'll get into that for a second and whatever else we can fit this hour you are listening to the spartan sports rap on impact exposure you're listening to impact exposure first hey what floor are you going to oh uh three thanks Hey, didn't we uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you. I thought maybe we could... Uh, would you ever want to... Um, I was wondering if you, if I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. that's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No, don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh. Sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89FM. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. We are back. All right, and we are going to get to Barry Bonds because I definitely want to talk about my man Barry. All right, Barry Bonds, his trial is still ongoing. Um, as I had said before the break, the trial started last week. And uh, today, actually, his former mistress testified that Barry Bonds blamed the 1999 elbow injury on steroid use, while also conceding that she capitalized financially from their nine-year rela- relationship. Now, this mistress is uh, Kimberly Bell, and she testified about physical and behavioral changes. Um, she says, including a profanity-laced outburst. Uh, she said that Bonds experienced during the relationship, which ended in May 2003, which was actually right before Bonds uh, testified before the grand jury regarding these uh, steroids. Uh, real fast, Megan. I mean, we'll get. I want to. I'll get into a little more of the specifics here, real fast. But just with Barry Bonds in general, are you really gonna take what his mistress has to say? If you were a juror, if you were a jury, would you take what she had to say very seriously? No. no, I mean it's his mistress. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, well, it's not his girlfriend. I mean, it's not no. you know, it's not his ex-wife. It was a mistress. I mean, she's probably out to get as much money as she possibly can. Quite possibly, yeah. And I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, it would depend. Obviously, they don't know her, because if you have any, you know, re- like, relationship with any of the people, you get dismissed as a juror. Um, but without knowing her and knowing that she's a mistress, I probably wouldn't believe her. Yeah. Um, because who knows? She can make up whatever she wants. I mean, their relationship ended in May of 2003. Like, exactly. Like, eight years ago. And, I mean, I like how it said, okay, you know, Bonds had a profanity-laced outburst. Mm-hmm. What relationship or kind of like quasi whatever it might be, you don't just get into some outbursts. I don't think that's a, I don't think you have to take steroids to have a profanity laced outburst. Yeah, that might have just happened. That could have yeah, could have just <laughs> happened. Listen, I'm not saying he didn't take steroids. Personally, I do believe he did take steroids, but at the same time, I don't think that profanity laced outburst is some you know huge you know just huge clue to it all. He <laughs> it took solves everything. He took them all and just some of the other things that uh, you know she says in here. Uh, just about, you know, Barry in general. He had acne on his back. And, uh, you know, it, you know his head got bigger. You know, he needed, you know, his head got bigger. And, you know, I can't, his testicles shrank. As, I mean, she said this. This is all in the, you know, this is all today on the stand. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, he, he grew chest hair, shaved his chest hair, developed acne on his back. And it's like, well, okay, you could just, you know, I mean, yes, those are all different things of, you know, taking steroids. You could attribute them to other things. I think it's very, it's too much speculation on her part, and I just don't see how a jury can really convict a man of something when it's all just hearsay, in a sense. You know, like you said, this this wasn't his trainer. Greg Anderson is back in jail. If it was Greg Anderson saying it, I think it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Greg Anderson has decided that's why he's been in jail for over 14 months, because he's not, he's not saying anything. He's not going to say anything. Now, real fast for our listeners, if you care about Barry Bonds, give me a call. Do you think that they're wasting their time with this trial? Do you think the man's innocent? Do you think he's guilty? But you just don't give it. You, know, you don't just don't care, because I don't care. Um, I don't care at all if he took steroids. I think most of the league took steroids at one point. And to me, the amount of money, we talked about this last week, the amount of money and time wasted on trying to convict a man of perjury from eight years ago about whether he lied about taking steroids or not, to me seems a big waste of the taxpayer's time, money, and just just everybody's time in general. Give me a break. The man's not in the league anymore. He got blackballed from the league years ago because you know he still had two good years left in him. They got him out of the league because no one, no one would want to touch him because he's toxic. The guy still could have played fantastic, but I mean, just looking at this, I just think it's kind of goofy. Um, one of the more actually uh, telling things um, in this uh, today on the stand was that. Um, who was it? I'm sorry, uh, Mike Murphy, who was the uh, San Francisco Giants clubhouse manager. Um, this is an article out of the Debt News. Uh, said, nervously testified against Bonds that he needed a bigger hat for the 2002 season. And then the prosecutors say, take steroids, get a big head. So, again, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that's not proving that he took steroids still. That's it's all. It's all kind of just quite a correlation it's quite a correlation yeah i mean that's like saying placido polanco who has a huge he's got a gigantic yeah (laughs) like i always feel like he's got he's got two bruises on the side of Um, like my dad and i used to watch it he's my he's my favorite i I have i have a a polanco jersey detroit Uh one of course um but he would wear his helmet and he'd always have this giant bulge just out of the side of his helmet. My dad and I would just sit there and laugh every time we'd watch him. But that's like saying he is taking steroids because his, his head's gigantic. It's just huge. Now, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't remember Polanco's head ever growing. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> size, I don't know. I, know. I, I can't remember what Polanco looks like in 2001, 2000. It might have. 
It could. I mean, it's gigantic. You never know. It could have. It really could have. Um, but no. I, but to your point of like, you know, maybe she's a gold digger. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually what the defense came out with as well as trying to make her portray her as a gold digger. Uh, you know, basically, you know, talking about how you know she did over you know twenty radio shows after you know all this really broke you know a long time ago, and you know, the defense is like you know more than twenty shows. You know, you're making money on that. You know, you're again, you're going out there to kind of spin, weave your story so that it's juicy, so that it's exciting. Yeah. It's a little added details. Maybe they're not true. You know, maybe they are true. It's tough to say, but I just I can't put much stock and credibility into a woman that was sleeping with Barry Bonds for X amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of the Tiger Woods story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like one girl would come out, yep. and all of a sudden, twenty more would come out, and it's like, and oh one. yeah, so it's like you know they're getting all this publicity, all this money, and everything like that, and people are like, oh, Tiger Woods, you know, mistresses and the the women that he cheated on his wife with, you know, we're gonna put them in the paper, we're gonna put them in the magazines and the tabloids. You got twelve of them lined. Up, I know yeah. exactly, and it's it, that's what it kind of reminds me of, and that's why I don't think I could ever, as a juror, trust a mistress because a lot of the times it is for money. I mean, she was with Barry Bonds out of everyone too. This guy is loaded. Oh, yeah. And he's one of the best baseball players ever. He really is. Yeah. And, you know, how do you trust someone who eight years ago they broke up? Now she's on the stand saying this. And how do you know she's not getting money out of it? Yeah. How do you know she's not getting something out of it? I mean, and obviously she comes on the stand and says nothing happened. I think, you know, obviously she did all these radio shows. She said a bunch of this this kind of stuff in the past. So she would be a liar going back on her word. Maybe she was just originally lying then is my point. And she can't go back and say, well, wait a minute. You said this back in, you know, in a 2005 radio interview. And now, you know, it's, you know, so I just think, you know, she's just running with it. I wonder if she listened to all those radio shows before she went on the stand to make sure she had her, to- like, what did I her say? story straight. She's taking notes. She's like, all right, on Howard Stern, I said this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she was on Howard Stern, too. So, I mean, she was on a lot of stuff. And uh, at the same, you know, I mean, this trial is going to be ongoing again. They say it probably is going to take another three weeks or so at, at the most. Um, these perjury trials, again, are very tough to prove. Um, for all of you that really don't know, he's been charged with, you know, four counts of perjury, four counts of, you know, lying, you know, to the courts, and one count of obstruction of justice. So these are the charges he is facing. Um, I hope he doesn't get convicted. I don't think he will. Do you think he'll get convicted? If he gets, if he I mean, this it's still early. There's a lot of stuff right. that could come out. Maybe something we obviously something we have no, no idea about, but. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, I just don't see it happening. If he doesn't get convicted after all of this, that's going to be a little disappointing. Almost like an O.J. Simpson, Michael Jackson case where they both got away with it and we spent all this money uh-huh. on, you know, putting him through this trial. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's up in the air. It is. Anything could happen at this point. Anything could. I mean, see, real fast, I need to read a couple more quotes she allegedly, she alleges that Bond said. I swear, these are kind of ridiculous. Um... <laughs> You know, so she was talking, and out. okay, she choked up on the stand, blah, blah, blah. Okay, big act. Uh, okay, I don't know. We'll see. But she said, in 1999, Bonds, quote, threatened to cut my head off and leave me in a ditch, end quote. And then, he, she says, Bonds allegedly said he would cut out my breast implants because he paid for them. Hmm. Well, then. Gold digger. I mean, yeah, he paid for them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He paid for them. <laughs> and you are a liability now. So, but the trial goes on, people. Again, you can call an all show, 517 432 3893. Let me know what you think about Barry Bonds. Remember, we still got the final four topic on on file right here. And uh, let's move on, though, to 
Detroit baseball. I'm so Baseball. Excited. April in the D. Woo. It's ready. Who's ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm psyched. Thursday. We've been waiting forever for this. It's finally here. MLB baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, your March Madness is almost over. You know, it's going to be over by April 4th, next Monday. Bas- college basketball is done. College football is done. NFL's obviously done. And on the plus side, this means warm weather is coming. And warm weather is coming. <laughs> Not for opening day, probably, for no, the Tigers. But I'm just saying. But it's on its way. It's on its way. Baseball is always that. It's on its way. Almost here. But the Tigers are playing. Uh, They do open up their season on Thursday um, in New York against the New York Yankees. Um, The game is at 105. So, unfortunately, if you have class or work, I don't know, bring a radio. You know, put it in your ear or something, you know. just It'll be those people that I always see with all the ESPN stuff up with their head headphones in. Oh, yeah. Like, listening to everything. No, my friend had a good idea. I was talking to my friend of mine, and he's like, you know, bring a Walkman in. Bring a, wear a long sleeve shirt. And put the earbud right here, and then just kind of, you know, <laughs> like you know, you're you're listening in class, just resting, you know, your 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 hand on your. People come up with. I mean, it, I thought it was a great idea. Like our binoculars, the binoculars, the binoculars, you on the the, <laughs> the flask of binoculars. Oh like, gosh, that, that's that's pretty silly. But yes, the Tigers <laughs> are kicking off their uh, their season series against the New York Yankees, um, which is fantastic. It's going to be on ESPN. It's the prime. It's the first game. I mean, Tigers got big coverage for this. Um, Tigers, you know, looking like they're going to have a heck of a year. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that they have a good possibility of winning the Central Division, uh, which is obviously very exciting because we've all seen the second half collapses over the last few years. Uh, on Saturday, though, uh, I know this is a little late, but show's Monday. What do you want me to do? On Saturday, they finally, uh, the Tigers cut down to a 25-man roster. Um, they optioned infielder Danny Worth to the AAA Toledo team, uh, sent pitcher Adam Wilk and outfielder Andy Dirks to minor league camp for assignment. So, that means that Brennan Bosch, Casper Wells, Enrique Gonzalez, Brian Virel, and uh, they all made the opening day roster. And those are the extra additions to the roster. So, Megan. Yes. I have to ask. Yes. I guess, overall, I mean, how do you see the Tigers finishing this year? I know we haven't even seen them play other than I've seen a little spring training. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, you know the White Sox, they got Adam Dunn. Uh, which was a nice pickup for them. The Twins always right there in contention with Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau. Um, you know, just you know, great pitching. Who do you, I mean? Sorry, Kansas City. Sorry, Cleveland. They're not. They're not going to do much this year. But uh, with those three teams, who do you see? In I guess in what order do you see this all coming down? Oh goodness. Um. Or just in general, how do you see the Tigers doing? Are we going to do better than an 81-81 season? Are you seeing almost ninety wins for the team? You know, what's it going to take for this team to finally win this division again? <laughs> I'm hoping for what they had before um, the All-Star break all season this year. <laughs> I mean, if they can do that, they're going to be unstoppable, um, I feel. Um, I think it's going to be a neck-and-neck race. If they if they can do what they did, did last year, I think it's going to be another one of those three-way neck-and-neck race. Uh-huh. One team goes ahead, then another one goes ahead, and then it's like, you guys are tied, and then it's like, who's going to get it? Because, um, I mean, that's just... I know, I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I've only caught little glimpses right. of exhibition play. I mean, mm-hmm. the Tigers played today against the Orioles. They lost 14-9. to Scherzer gave up 12 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his last start, obviously, until uh, until uh, uh, Scherzer will actually pitch on opening day 
at Tiger Stadium, and that is April eighth against the Kansas City Royals. That's when the Tigers finally come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I know there's a few things last year we were talking about that they needed to work on. Um, we saw a couple of players shine at the end. Um, yeah, Ryan Rayburn had a great second right. half of the season, and Bosch cooled, fell off completely a little bit. The second half of the season, <laughs> exactly, and. I just think they need to, almost like we always say about our MSU teams, they just need to be consistent. Um, if they can, they have almost the same exact, almost the same exact team as they did last year. Quite um, close. Yeah. and Some nice additions, though, with Victor Martinez, obviously. Right, yeah, the catcher. And, um, you know, Joaquin Benoit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, also another great pickup there is, you know, for our pitchers. Right, and they just... Brad Penny, sorry, didn't cut you no, off. No, you're good. Um, I just, they can do it. They have it. They have the ability. They have the talent. They have the team for it. And it's it's just a matter of can they start off like they did last year and keep it going. Can, yeah, can they maintain? I mean, mm-hmm. you understand when a yeah, team gets hot, I don't expect them to maintain that, that hotness throughout the entire – this is baseball. It's 162 games. We just need to consistency. You're going to cool off. But you can't go on these skids mm-hmm. that just put you so far out of it. Especially, I mean, it's a tough division. Uh, really, Minnesota and Chicago, they are going to be very tough this year. I think you know. I think the White Sox are even better than last year. Adam Dunn is a heck of a pickup for this team. I wish we could have got him. That's all right. We got Victor Martinez. We paid a little bit less. Uh, but yeah, Victor Martinez, Alex Avila, those are two catchers that we have uh, for our roster. Mm-hmm. For pitchers, Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, Coke, Penny. That is your uh, top five. That's your starting five rotation. Mm-hmm. And we have Valverde uh, again. Joaquin Benoit that we picked up. Ryan Perry, Brad Thomas, Daniel Schlereth, Enrique Gonzalez, and Brian. Villarreal. I can always have trouble with that guy's name for some reason. Uh, those are our pitchers. When looking at the infield, Miguel Cabrera and Will Rimes. Got Mighty Mouse out there. Johnny Peralta, Brandon Inge, Ramon Santiago. For your outfield, Mags, Austin Jackson, Ryan Rayburn, Don Kelly, Brennan Bosch, and Casper Wells. Those are your Tigers. At least for right now. Obviously, things will change. Guys will get sent up. Guys will get sent down. But that is who we are starting with. So, real fast. Yankees, Thursday. We going to start the season off with a W? I hope. I hope. (laughs) I mean, I haven't seen the Yankees play either. Um, I haven't really. I've seen highlights on ESPN of just a bunch of random exhibition baseball. But mm -hmm. I I really haven't caught a lot of it. Are the, are the Yankees all they were cracked out? I mean, yeah, year? I mean they're having a decent, you know, they're having a decent, uh, you know, spring training you know, exhibition right now. But again, I just I can't I put some stock in the exhibition. I don't put a ton, and you know, I, I kind of you know it's like half and half with me. Obviously, you don't want to see a team just completely struggle during their exhibition, you know, time. But it's almost like NFL. I think it's a little bit more than like you know a preseason football game right. where your starters really aren't playing much at all. That's but, true. I mean, the, I mean the Lions can go four and zero, and then oh, of course, and then go zero and sixteen. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you can't put a lot, you know, in preseason. It's a warm up. It's to get ready. You play teams. You don't play as hard. Games are usually like twelve to ten. Like uh-huh. they're never those low 14, scoring. Yeah, we scored six runs in the ninth today, yeah. and we were down fourteen to three. Yeah, they're going never, into the ninth inning. They're never those. Well, not never, but a lot of the times they aren't those close neck and neck games. There are a lot of just pitchers get ready, catchers get ready, infield works, outfield works. They hit, they go, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And that's why sometimes it's hard to base some like a team off a of preseason because it is. you never know. It's true. You never know a team could be very hot in the preseason, come out kind of flat. 
Uh, it's tough to say, but the Tigers, again, Thursday, 105 ESPN, if you want to catch that. Um, it should be a really good ball game. Uh, again, if anyone wanted to, I think they're all sold out, but opening day at Tiger at Comerica Park. I wish it was Tiger Stadium. Uh, at Comerica Park, 105. Um, actually, I think it's, yeah, it's a 105 game on April 8th, which is a Friday uh, coming up here uh, not too long from now. But, uh, yeah, Tigers, uh, I'm just, I, I really, I don't want to pick how many games they're going to win yet. I'm really seeing somewhere probably around like maybe 87, 89 wins. Uh, you know, here's hoping. Uh, they really need, I, I think this is the year. I mean, I think if they can't get it done with this roster, with these guys this year, it's probably about time Jim Leland has to go. I, it's, it's sad to say it depends how the season turns out, but if it's, again, one of those hot starts and cold finishes, it's just about enough time for Jim Leland. This is They have such a roster. They've spent their money wisely. They've gotten the pieces that they want for this team. Again, Victor Martinez was a fantastic signing. I think we paid probably a little bit too much money for Benoit. But, you know, you know, got Mags back. Everyone's pretty much healthy. Hopefully, Zumaya, Carlos Guillen, who will not be uh, starting on opening day, uh, they are still working out their injuries. Hopefully, they get healthy soon. Uh, we definitely need Zumaya to be healthy for the season, finally. That's another thing. People need to stay injured. They free need to, this year. yeah. And you're gonna have your injuries, but we can't have these monumental, just like snapped ankle, broken elbow, you know, broken elbow, just my arm exploded, <laughs> you know, type injuries that guys are just out for extended periods of time. Right. You know, guys are gonna have sores. Guys are gonna have you know, you know, tightness and have to sit for a day or two. But we can't have guys. I mean, you know, those injuries really took a toll last year. Eventually, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, need to just. Hope and pray that this team can stay legitimately healthy. And if they do, I think they have a pretty darn good shot at winning the division this year. Dave Dombrowski and Jim Leland are, are, you know, they're on the hot seat right now. And they need to, you know, Leland needs to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I had this guy uh, at my work the other day. He was talking about, like, he's a Chicago White Sox fan mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay Ray fan. And he's like, I hate Jim Leland. I hate those chain smoking old guys. I'm like, well, you're an old guy, hey. Uh-huh. Like, who cares if he smokes? Does that have anything to do with the way he manages baseball? <laughs> I just didn't seem like a legitimate argument. I have a funny story. Let's hear it. Um, I was in my sports journalism class today, and Tara Miller, who um, worked out in Georgia um, for a while, now she works in Grand Rapids, and she does all the sports anchoring mm-hmm. um, out there in Grand Rapids. Um, she was telling us, she came in and talked to our class today, and she was telling us how she was in Meyer. It's kind of funny. It's kind of mean at the same time, but not really. But they no, had oh, it's fine. They had Cabrera shot glasses <laughs> in Meyer, and she was saying how they probably already made those before the whole situation went down, which she's probably no, right. probably definitely yeah. But it, she just said it was so ironic how she just walked into Meyer and they had all the Tigers things on there. She's checking it all out. And she looks over and there's 24 Cabrera. On a shot glass. Was there a bottle of scotch right next to the, <laughs> I don't know. the shot glass? But it was just kind of a funny story she told us today when she came in and talked to Man, us. Man, I should get one of those. Who, who wouldn't want to take a shot out of Cabrera's head? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, that is pretty ironic. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it's a Christmas present for somebody. There you go. Year. <laughs> so, I mean, no, that's, pretty, that's cool. That's hilarious. <laughs> just, no, Cabrera better stay off the booze uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, preseason scare. No more of that. Yeah, just no more. I mean, you know, this guy, obviously, last year, incredible. I mean, 36 home runs, 128 RBIs, uh, magical season. Uh, guy's capable of that every season. Uh, just, And I guess, listen, I'm not going to, if a man's got a problem, he's got a problem. Uh, you know, he's a grown man, though, and if he wants to drink a little bit, if it doesn't affect his game, I guess you do what you got to do. 
So be it. You know, so be it. But, you know, the amount of money we're paying this man, he better at least produce. Because nothing was more irritating than we were going to play that playoff game uh, against Minnesota two years ago. And he got, you know, he was, a, you know, he got that domestic violence with his wife, got thrown in the drunk tank, was all boozed up the night before. Uh, you can't have that. That was very discouraging uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, again, we, you know, you just don't want these kind of things to fall back onto your gameplay and just onto the, you know, the team in general. But uh, let's move on right now to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, they're really there to the end. Of their, you know, they're almost at the end of the season right now. You have six, uh, actually, excuse me, seven games left in the regular season for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the Red Wings are tied now for a second uh, in the Western Conference. They have 97 points. San Jose also 97 points. Vancouver's absolutely running away. Uh, 109 points right now uh, on top of the West. There is no way uh, we catch them or anybody else catches the Vancouver Canucks. But the goal is, can the Wings hold on to the two spot? Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Wings actually, puck just dropped probably no more than 15 minutes ago. Uh, They're playing the Chicago Blackhawks uh, tonight, uh, which should be a very entertaining game. Always love a good uh, division rival. Uh, Chicago also fighting for their playoff life. Um, not, I wasn't insinuating Detroit is. Detroit's just fighting for their spot. But uh, Chicago, they're in the eighth spot, 88 points. You have Calgary right there behind them at 87. Dallas is at 86 behind them. They're only a point behind Anaheim for the seventh spot. So it's going to be a very interesting final six to seven games of the season and really see how the Western Conference shapes out because between the fourth spot and the eighth spot, it's only separated by five points. So that's really not much of anything. But, uh, I mean, I know you're not the biggest hockey fan, but, uh, you know, you like a little Red Wing playoff hockey. I'm one of those. This is horrible. You're a bandwagon. bandwagon. Wings playoff, fan. Yeah. I mean, I love the Wings, and I love what they do. And, you know, when they won their Stanley Cup a few years back, you know, um, I was there watching through every single playoff game. Uh-huh. I was like, gosh, how old was I? I was young. Well, I mean, they won the Cup. It was in 2008. And that okay. was the last time they won the Cup. And before that, it was 2002. Yeah, so I was 12. So That's yeah. the last that I remember. <laughs> and I'm, like, late on the couch. The game's going to, like, 11 and 30. And, you know, 11 30 for a 12-year-old is, like... It's pretty late. Uh, You're passing out Yeah, there. I'm passed out. But, I mean, I watched all the playoff games then. And, I mean, last year I watched a couple of them, too. Um, they, they do work. That team does work. Yes, they do. And Longest consecutive... A uh, streak in, in Major League Sports of making the playoffs. Uh, they made the playoffs every year since 1990. Good for them. Yeah. Which is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's a fantastic streak. Uh, it's an amazing streak. I'm glad we can rely on one team to be consistent. Yes, the Red Wings. And, you know, that's the thing. I know, again, we don't talk about the Wings a ton on this show. We talk about them to a degree. But, you know, it's hockey. I like hockey. I like hockey a lot, and I watch hockey. But at the same time, hockey is just not a buzz sport. Uh, the most we talk about hockey is when there's a fight, when there's that brawl. That's when we talked about hockey. Oh, we yeah. talk about hockey when you know there's rules trying to change the game. But when it comes to the day to day games, again, this is what you know. A lot of people always say you don't hear about the Red Wings till so they've lost their first playoff game. You would think with us. That's being... when someone finally starts talking about them. Yeah, you would think with us being so close to Canada that we would be all all hockeyed up. Well, I mean, I, listen. I mean, I'm, I'm from you know the Detroit area, and you know there's a, I think a lot more Red Wings fans around there than there mm-hmm. are around here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, my family was always huge into the Red Wings, and a lot of people I know back home are. But I don't know. I think the further west you go, I think the further it just it, it's a little less. Kind of and maybe I'm making an assumption that's wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just 
I don't mean I have not met as many hockey fans in my time in East Lansing mm-hmm. than I guess you know in, you know in Sterling Heights in Detroit area for the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. but uh, Johan Franzen is going to be back in the Red Wings lineup tonight uh, against the Blackhawks. Uh, unfortunately, Jimmy Howard is not ready to go. Uh, Jimmy Howard, who has a sprained shoulder, he was on the ice for uh, the practice. They're hoping that he'll be ready to play on Wednesday. So Joey McNa- Joey McDonald will get to start tonight. Um, against the Blackhawks, so uh, hopefully a uh, good old Joey boy can get it done. Like I said, they're tied with the San Jose Sharks at 97 points, seven games left. This team really just, you, you want to hold on to the two seed. You want to be as high as you possibly can to have at least home, um, home ice advantage as long as possible. Um, yeah, Franzen had been missing a while due to a groin injury, but like I said, he is back. Todd Bertuzzi returned to the lineup on Saturday in a nice win against the Toronto Maple Leafs, 4-2. to two. So uh, he will be back again tonight playing again. Um, Pavel Datsuk, uh, unfortunately, he will still be out. He's missing his fifth consecutive game. Uh, Babcock, the coach of the Red Wings, says that he is day-to-day at this point. Um, Really right now, I say just make sure he's ready for playoff time. Uh, The Red Wings season ends on April 8th. So uh, April 8th or April 10th. uh, So it's over quite soon. So uh, the playoffs are practically upon us. I mean, by next week's show, we're practically going to be talking about playoff matches in basketball and in hockey. So, uh, again, get healthy. Jimmy Howard, these guys, nice to see Franzen back. We were really missing way too many forwards for the Red Wings, but they had a nice win against the Toronto Maple Leafs, like I said, on Saturday night. So good for them. And right now they are playing on versus against the Chicago Blackhawks. So check that out if you want to. Do-do-do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. NBA, NBA for like a few minutes. Okay. Little NBA. Have you watched any more Pistons? Are you kidding me? I knew it. <laughs> could have bet, I could have bet a ton of money on that uh, one. Oh, yeah. I haven't started. I haven't watched them all season. I refuse to watch them now. And, <laughs> I mean, just tell, tell me where they are right now. You want? Okay. I want to know where they are right now. Okay. Uh, their record. They're 26 and 47 uh-huh. overall. Okay. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's horrible. Only like 20 games. <laughs> You know, just twenty six games. They're just they're back a lot. Uh, they're twenty seven and a twenty seven and a half games back of top seed Chicago in the Eastern Conference. They're five and a half games back of the Indiana Pacers for the eighth and final playoff spot. Uh, again, there's not a chance in heck. Can't swear on this show, but there's not a chance that they make the playoffs. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, there's only about nine. There's nine games left for the Detroit. They will be playing again on Wednesday against the Indiana Pacers. They did just beat the Pacers on Saturday night. Uh, you know, in a pretty decent win. But all season they've played very mediocre basketball. You know, they lose to Cleveland the night before, a team that is absolutely atrocious. Worst team in the Eastern Conference with 14 wins only. They lose to Cleveland. They beat Indiana. They can never string wins together. Uh, again, we're waiting for this team to see what happens come the offseason. What are they going to do? with? Are they going to finally sell the team? I'm so sick of this crap. I haven't heard a story. haven't heard anything. You know, I'm not a columnist. I don't have a press pass like you do. I can't go get all these inside scoops. I wish. I mean, I'm just high school. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I can't help you out much there. I can't do college or pro. No. But uh, still, I, yeah, no press pass here. So I don't have any inside scoop on if this team's ever going to be sold. If, you know, Tom Gorris is finally going to buy the team. Uh, actually, that's why I really want the regular season to end. Finally get some answers, hopefully. What are we doing with Tayshon? Is he going to walk? You know, again, rip. 
It, you know, a lot of question marks that we've brought up a number of times already on the show. But uh, for all you NBA fans out there, the East looks like this. Chicago is two games uh, ahead of Boston for the number one spot. Uh, Boston is number two. Miami Heat are three. Orlando, four. Atlanta Hawks, five. Philly has actually jumped the really struggling New York Knicks right now. Uh, the Knicks have been playing awful basketball their last ten games. One and nine in their last ten. They've fallen two spots behind Philly. They are now in the seventh seed. And Indiana, as I said before, is the eighth seed. Uh, looking to the West real fast, San Antonio's lead for the number one spot is shrinking a little bit. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, who are 15-1 and one since the All-Star break, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, they've cut the lead to only four games behind San Antonio for the number one spot. Dallas is three, Oklahoma City four, Denver five, Portland six, New Orleans seven. We'll see if New Orleans can hang on to that because David West is out for the rest of the year with a torn Achilles, and Memphis has the eighth spot right now. Uh, you know, we'll see. It's going to be very exciting NBA basketball. I love NBA playoff time. Uh, the New York Knicks, who would have thought after the trade with Carmelo and Billups to get Carmelo Billups? They're really struggling. They just are really having problems right now. Oh, well, hopefully next year's better. Yeah, I mean, that's what you know. people have said, that you know, growing paints can take them a little while to figure it out. But, I mean, it's going to it's gonna be a tough match if they got to face a Boston in the first round of this uh, tournament. Not tournament playoffs. Too much college basketball on my mind. All right, real fast. This is a quick, funny little story um, involving the Canseco brothers. Um, a celebrity boxing film claims that former baseball player Jose Canseco had his twin brother show up in his place for a boxing event in Hollywood. El Nuevo Herald reported Monday that Canseco did not show up for a fight Saturday at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. A representative from Celebrity Boxing told the Spanish-language newspaper that the switch was discovered when Ozzy Canseco took off his shirt and didn't have his brother's tattoos on the biceps that appear in the company's advertising. Uh. And the fight was canceled. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Jose Canseco then posted on his Twitter page on Sunday that the company's representative did not comply with his part of the agreement. Well, if they didn't comply, why didn't you just not show up? Why are you schlepping your brother out there to do this? Uh, these Canseco brothers are absolutely worthless. Uh, you know, celebrity boxing, it's, it's all a big joke with these guys. I just thought I should tell everyone it's pretty funny. Uh, but let's move on to close the show out with the interesting facts. What do we got today? I don't know, as soon as my computer actually clicks on the tab. Come on! <laughs> Here we go. There we go. Finally. You always have problems with that computer. It's just, it's slow. It, God knows how much is on this thing. It's never been deleted. Uh, okay, we're doing uh, just uh, business. Business companies, uh, interesting little things. The American Automobile Association was formed in 1905 for the sole purpose of warning motorists of police speed traps. They need more of that now. <laughs> need a little more warning about some of these speed traps. Oh yeah, out there. But um, well, that's good for the you know the AAA. The average number of pillowcases washed a day at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas is fifteen thousand. So that's a weird little fact. Uh, probably won't be useful in anyone's life. <laughs> Imagine a conversation and just bringing that up. So did you know? <laughs> did you know that? Uh, let's see. Uh, the company Sony was originally called Tutsukin. They felt the name Sony would be easier to pronounce. The name was invented by a cross between the name Sonus and Sunny. The names Sound and Sonic are derived. Sunny was used to represent a young man or boy, which would show an energetic young company. Good go. thing it's not called Tutsuken, because 
That's a lot tougher to say than Sony. Uh, let's see. The company Chanel claims that every 30 seconds, somewhere in the world, a bottle of Chanel Number no. 5 is sold. Have you ever bought Chanel Number no. 5? Mm-mm. No, I, I mean, it's you know, I hear about it all the time. Obviously, I would never have it. Um, but I haven't even known a girl that's ever had Chanel number no. five. I don't know. I might have. I I used to have Chanel perfume. I can't remember what it was called though. But it smelled really good. It smelled good. Well, yeah. better. Everyone Chanel number no. five. <laughs> Chanel's I don't think Chanel number no. six is doing well. Uh, let's see. The famous jewelry store Tiffany and Company was established on September eighteenth, eighteen thirty-seven, in New York City. The amount of sales that were made the first day were four dollars and ninety-eight cents. Yay. Yeah. What they buy? Like a, a ring pop from Tiffany's? For, uh, let's see. The first and longest lasting cartoon characters to promote a Kellogg's product are Snap, Crackle, Pop from the Rice Krispie cereal. Who would have thought? Good for them. The first domain name ever registered was Symbolics.com. Very interesting. I did not know that. Uh, the first email was sent out by Ray Tomlinson in 1971. Good job, Ray. And uh, the country of Andorra has a 0% unemployment rate. Wow. Good for them. Definitely a place to check out. Michigan, not the same. (laughs) Not close. But uh, I definitely want to thank all of our listeners uh, for tuning in this evening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, Next week, we'll definitely be previewing the championship game uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Like I said, the NBA and NHL are winding down, so we'll get a lot closer to discussing the playoff picture uh, for the uh, the Red Wings and not the Pistons, just the other teams. And uh, always, Tigers baseball from now on. So you are listening. You listen to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89FM.